And good Sunday morning. Welcome to the latest edition of Sharing the Victory, program sponsored by the West Virginia University Chapter of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes and FCA Director Kirby Myers with us. He's the director of the campus division here at WVU. And uh, Kirby, good morning. Thanks for coming in. Good morning. Thanks for having me as always. We're in one of the Gospels. We John are. 3. John 3, slowly making our way <laughs> through the Gospel of Belief. A lot of meat there, though. A lot of nourishment. I try to bring it. I a lot try of to bring spiritual it. nourishment. Yes, sir. Well, thank you, Kyle, and thank you all for listening again this morning. It is a joy to be able to get in this great gospel together, especially as we're making our way to Easter Sunday and just thinking about Jesus and all that he did while he was here on the earth. And uh, this is one of these conversations that we get to listen in on that John in his gospel, the only author, uh, gospel writer to include this in his account, this great conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. So if you have a Bible, I would encourage you to turn to John chapter 3, and today we will be in verses 6 through 8. John 3, verses 6 through 8. And let me read those for us this morning as we get into our time together. Jesus says, that which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but you do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. Well, this is our third week to look in on and observe this conversation which took place between Nicodemus, who was a Pharisee, who was a member of the Sanhedrin, who was a respected teacher in Israel, and with the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the Messiah, the Son of God, God incarnate, or God in the flesh. Last time we were together, we observed two things. Number one, we saw the confusion of Nicodemus. In verse 4, Nicodemus said to Jesus, How can a man be born when he is old? He cannot enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born, can he? Nicodemus understood that Jesus was a rabbi, that he was using a rabbinical tool of using metaphorical language to teach spiritual truth. He knew that Jesus did not mean that a man would have to enter his mother's womb a second time. He understood that this was physically impossible. But Nicodemus was confused. He did not know what it meant to be born again. He did not see his need to be born again or to be born from above. He did not see his need to be regenerated. He thought he was just fine. Jesus will say to him in verse 10, Are you the teacher of Israel and do not understand these things? And I want to be sure that there is no confusion among you today, especially those of you who have believed. I want to make it clear to you what it means to be saved, what it means to be born again. I also want to be sure that there is no confusion among unbelievers today who are listening. If you are not a believer in Christ, there may be confusion. You may not understand what Jesus is saying. You may be like Nicodemus, and you may not understand what it means to be born again or to be born from above. That is because the Bible says you are dead in your trespasses and sins, and a dead man can do nothing apart from the Spirit's work in his life. You cannot and you will not respond to the gospel call 
you cannot and will not place saving faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. You are walking according to the course of this world. You are subject to the evil rule of Satan. You are by nature a child of wrath, and there is nothing that you can do to change your dreadful spiritual condition. Salvation is of the Lord. Salvation is not of man, and it is not of you or me. Salvation does not come from within. Salvation comes from without, and it is found in a person, the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to understand that you cannot be saved by human effort. You cannot be saved by your merit, by your good works, by being kind to others, by doing more good than evil, by making sure that you don't murder anyone or any other thing that you would consider evil and immoral. You cannot be saved by your sincerity, by simply acknowledging that there is a God or that there is an intelligent designer of all things, that there is a creator of the universe. The Bible says that even the demons believe in God and they tremble at this knowledge. That's James 2.19. So if you simply acknowledge there is a God, your faith is no greater than that of demons and that of the devil himself. You cannot be saved by going to church on this Sunday morning or by attending FCA. You cannot be saved by reading your Bible. You cannot be saved by memorizing Scripture. You cannot be saved because you pray every day, even if you can recite the Lord's Prayer and Psalm 23. You cannot be saved by listening to podcasts or sermons. You cannot be saved by listening to K-Love or Air One or any other Christian radio station. You cannot be saved by attending Christian concerts, wearing Christian t-shirts, watching Christian movies, or hanging out only with Christian friends. You cannot be saved by national heritage. Just because you are, you are a Christian, you, or you cannot be saved thinking, hey, I grew up in a nation established on Christian principles. You cannot be saved by familial background because your parents were Christians, or because your grandfather was a pastor, or because your great-grandparents were missionaries. Friend, if you are listening today, you are listening by the providence of God. It is no accident that you are in your car, or you're listening to this program today, or listening to this podcast, and I want to remind you of this today. You must be born again. You must be born again. You must be born from above. This is not an option. This is of necessity. Jesus says to Nicodemus, and he says to you and me as well, unless you are born again, unless you are born from above, you cannot see the kingdom of God. Unless God does this in you, unless God does in you what you cannot do for yourself, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot have your sins forgiven, and you cannot be granted everlasting life. You cannot be saved any other way. You cannot be saved by any other means or by any other Savior, for there is no other Savior. Jesus alone is God. Jesus alone was born of a virgin and lived an absolutely perfect and sinless life and died an atoning and sacrificial death that satisfied the just demands of a holy and righteous God. He rose from the dead on the third day. He appeared to his disciples and hundreds of others over a 40-day period and then ascended back to the Father in heaven 
where he now sits at the right hand of God. And I want to remind you, too, that there is only one seat next to the Father. It is a place of authority, and it is reserved for Jesus alone. A few years ago, I think it was 2014, I was living in Indiana. I was a pastor, and I had the incredible privilege of of opening this Indiana Senate in prayer. Uh, that came through my friend Matt Barnes, who is the chaplain at the Indiana State House, with a ministry called Public Servants Prayer, formerly Capital Commission. And before the Senate convened at 1.30 p.m., we went to lunch across the street from the Capitol, and then we walked back into the State House, and he led me to the Senate floor, and he took me to my seat, which was next to the President of the Senate. It was next to the Lieutenant Governor of the State of Indiana at that time, Sue Elsperman, who was the Lieutenant Governor to Governor Mike Pence. And I got to open the Senate in prayer, and then we recited the Pledge of Allegiance together with the members of the Senate, and then we all sat down. And I sat in the seat next to the Lieutenant Governor, and that was my seat for the day. I could have sat there the entire day. I think I stayed for about an hour. It was my seat because I was the pastor of the day, and no one else could sit there. Christ is seated at the right hand of the Father. No one else can take his seat. He alone is worthy of that seat. It is a seat of authority. It is reserved for God himself, and Jesus is God. There is no other way to get to heaven, and there is no other way to get to God. One of the greatest lies our society is being told today, and this is something you are probably likely to hear this week from the media or from a a classmate or a teammate or a roommate or a friend. We all believe in the same God. We just have different paths of getting to him, or we just call him different names. But that is a lie from the pit of hell. There is one God. There is one mediator between God and man, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. Jesus himself said in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And the disciples understood this, and they picked up preaching right where Jesus left off when he ascended back to the Father in heaven. And saying, and they said in Acts 4.12, There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven that has been given among men by which we must be saved. Salvation is by grace alone. It cannot be earned. You cannot work for it. Salvation is through faith alone. Faith plus nothing. Faith alone leads to justification or that declaration that God himself, from God himself that you are righteous in his sight and at peace with God. Salvation is in Christ alone. He alone is the way. His name is the name above all names. And forgiveness comes through Christ and Christ alone. I don't want there to be any confusion I don't want you to think that in your natural, unregenerate state that you are okay by just listening to a sermon or a podcast that when you die, you will go to heaven and be with the Lord Jesus Christ. Friend, you must be born again. You must be born from above. You must be regenerated by the Holy Spirit. As Jesus says here in John 3, you must be born of water and the Spirit. Those are not my words. Those are the words of Jesus himself. 
So then we looked at the clarification of Jesus in verse 5. Jesus answered, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That is very clear and that is very exclusive. Unless you are born of water, unless you are born of the Spirit, you cannot enter into the kingdom of God. There are no exceptions, no special passes, no fast passes that you can put in your car to get you into heaven. There are no members on the guest list, no no will call window. You must be born again. You must be born from above. You must be born of the water, and you must be born of the Spirit. We spent a lot of time last time talking about what this means to be born of water, to be born of the Spirit. Water is a reference to cleansing. It is not a reference to baptism, whether that be infant baptism or believer's baptism. It is not a reference to the water that accompanies physical birth. It refers to cleansing. It refers to something that only God can do. Salvation is of the Lord. We have been seeing this as we observe this conversation between Jesus and Nicodemus. Salvation comes from without. Salvation is outside of us. It is God who must cause us to be born again. It is God who must cause us to be born from above. In keeping with this theme and with this teaching, it would not make sense for Jesus to tell us that we must do something in order to save ourselves. It would be inconsistent for him to say to Nicodemus, hey, as long as you experience a physical birth, or as long as you are sprinkled as a baby, or as long as you go see my friend John the Baptist, my cousin, and you are immersed in the Jordan River or some other body of water and born of the Spirit, you cannot enter, you can enter the kingdom of God. No, Jesus is teaching here on the impossibility of salvation, that you cannot save yourself, that there is nothing you can do to earn God's favor. There is nothing that you can do to be in a right relationship with a holy God. Friend, you must be born again. That's God's work. You must be born from above. That's God's work. You must be born of water, of cleansing. That's God's work. You must be born of the Spirit. That's God's work. And last week I, I read from a couple passages of Scripture that tell us about what it means to be born of the water and the Spirit. And I referenced, I read from Numbers chapter 19, verses 17 to 19. I also read from Psalm 51, verses 1 through 10. I referenced Isaiah 44, verses 1 to 5, and Isaiah 55, 1 to 3. would encourage you to read those passages if you have not. And I also made reference to Jeremiah chapter 2, verse 13. We also turn to Ezekiel 36. And we saw this language about being cleansed by water and being given a new spirit. This is so important, and I think it's worth our time to look at this briefly once again today. So if you can, turn to Ezekiel 36, and I'm going to read those verses again in verses 22 to 28. Therefore say to the house of Israel, Thus says the Lord God, It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am about to act, but for my holy name, 
which you have profaned among the nations where you went. I will vindicate the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, which you have profaned in their midst. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the Lord God, when I prove myself holy among you in their sight. For I will take you from the nations, gather you from all the lands, and bring you into your own land. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Moreover, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you, and I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and you will be careful to observe my ordinances. You will live in the land that I gave to your forefathers, so you will be my people, and I will be your God. Now, we read this passage together last week, but one thing I did not point out last week that I would like to do today is this. I want you to look at how many times you see the word I. And that I is a reference to the Lord himself, to Yahweh. He says, I am about to act. I am the Lord. When I prove myself holy among you, I will take you from the nations. I will gather you from all the lands. I will bring you into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you. I will cleanse you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes. You will live in the land that I gave to your forefathers, so you will be my people and I will be your God. When you read Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 22 to 28, is there any doubt at all that salvation is of the Lord? It is his work. It is his doing. Paul would tell the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 1, 30 to 31, But by his doing, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, just as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. Well, back to John 3. Probably thought we were never going to go back here. But in verse 6, Jesus says, That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Spiritual cleansing is wholly a work of God. It is not of human means. It is not of human effort. Human nature can only beget human nature. The flesh can only produce flesh. Only the Holy Spirit can cause rebirth, and only the Spirit can affect spiritual transformation. Even if a physical rebirth were possible, even if you could enter into your mother's womb a second time and be born a second time, it would only produce flesh, humanity. No matter how many times you would try, and I'm not sure your birth mother would let you try more than once, or, or if she'd even let you try one time. Only the Spirit can produce the spiritual birth that God requires for entrance into his kingdom. Rebirth, regeneration, is entirely 
the work of God. It is unaided by any human effort. And this had to be absolutely shocking to Nicodemus. This Pharisee, this ruler of the Jews, this member of the, of the 70 member Sanhedrin, this teacher in Israel, it had to be shocking to this religious man, this good man in the eyes of the world, this spiritual man. Nicodemus was confused. He was perplexed. He was dumbfounded. And Jesus, who knows all things and knows all men and knows what is in man, read it in his face, and he saw it in his heart and in his soul. Look at what he says to him, what Jesus says to Nicodemus in verse 7. He says, do not be amazed that I said to you, you must be born again. Do not be amazed. Do not marvel. Do not be astonished that I said to you and that I tell you again now that you must be born again. Notice that Jesus says you must. He doesn't say you should. He doesn't say, hey, it would be a really good idea for you to be born again. He doesn't say, I really strongly recommend that you be born again. He says, you must be born again. This is a necessity. This is a non-negotiable. Look at verse 8. He says, the wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but do not know where it comes from and where it is going. So is everyone who is born of the Spirit. The wind cannot be controlled. It blows where it wishes. It blows where it wants to. I remember Sally's grandfather, Elmer Zychek was his name. He has passed on now, but I was sitting with him one time at his Nebraska farm, sitting at the kitchen table, eating some eggs and toast that he had made, and we were looking out the window at his, his farm near Lincoln, Nebraska, and the wind was blowing hard, and and he said, ah, there's that northeaster blowing in. You know, the, the general direction of the wind can be known because we have weather vanes, we have Doppler and Viper and Rattlesnake to help us know where the wind is coming from, but it cannot be pre- precisely determined, and it can change direction suddenly. Just watch the movie Twister if you've never seen that movie, and you'll know what I'm talking about. But the effects of the wind can be observed. High winds, hurricanes, tornadoes, trees that are uprooted, barns that are knocked down, and houses that are completely flattened. And the same is true of the work of the Holy Spirit, the sovereign work of the Holy Spirit that leads to one being born again, to one being regenerated. It cannot be controlled, and it cannot be predicted. But its effect Its effects can be seen in the transformed lives of those who have been born of the Spirit. There is evidence. There are the fruits of the Spirit. In Galatians 5, 22-23, Paul says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. These are the fruits of the Spirit. There are nine of them listed there. And I would just ask you, are these evident in your life? Is there love? Is there joy? Is there peace? 
is their patience, is their kindness, is their goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. If you have been born again, if you have been born from above, if you have been regenerated by the Holy Spirit, if you have been saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, these fruits will be evident in your life. What a great checklist. I think this is so good for self-evaluation. To look at your own life and say, are these nine characteristic of my own life? Are these fruits evident in my life? And if you're really daring, ask someone else if they see these fruits in your life. Now, friend, listen, it doesn't mean you're perfect. It doesn't mean that you always exhibit each of these fruits simultaneously. But these will be the general characteristics of your life that reveal you have been born again, that you have been born from above, that you have been regenerated by the Holy Spirit, that you have been justified by faith alone, faith alone that leads you to being at peace with a holy God. You look at these nine fruits here in Galatians 5, 22 and 23, and if you do not see these to be evident in your life, if others do not see these evident in your life, it may be that you need to be born again. It may be that you need God to do something in you and for you that you cannot do for yourselves. Well, what can you do? If I'm trying to tell you that salvation is the work of God, that this is the sovereign work of Almighty God, that He is the one that must cause you to be born again or born from above, He is the one that has to cleanse you and sprinkle clean water on you and give you his Holy Spirit to make you to be born again, what can you do? Well, you can listen to the Word of God, which, if you're still listening now, you have done so today. And you can pray. You can ask God to change your heart. You can ask God to cause you to be born again. You can plead with God that he would grant you repentance from your sins and that he would give you faith to believe in his Son, that you might be justified, that you might be made to be at peace with God and be forgiven of all your sins and have everlasting life. Let's pray together. Father, thank you again for this conversation with Jesus and Nicodemus. Thank you for the words that we find in John 3. Lord, these are ancient words, but they are words that come directly from you. They are inspired, they are authoritative, they are for your glory, and they are for our good. Lord, may we all see our need to be born again, and Lord, may we see the evidences of Christ and the fruits of the Spirit in each of our lives today and every day. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. WVUFCA sponsoring Sharing the Victory for this Sunday morning, and uh, we, of course, appreciate you listening and Kirby, thanks for the message. Thank you. And, thanks for uh, having us. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll do it again next week as part of Sunday morning, one hundred four point five FM, fourteen forty AM WAJR. This is sharing the victory, sponsored by the WVU FCA. And again, you can learn more about their organization. Go to the website wvufca.org. This is Sunday morning on WAJR.